Let us pray. Our Father, we worship you on this Sunday morning. We praise you for Jesus, our crucified and risen King, and that we live our lives in the hope that he has brought through his life, death, and he reigns forevermore. We thank you that he came to serve us. He came to a blind man and gave him sight. And so, Lord, we pray that you would come to us in our darkness and show us the things we cannot see. He came to a man tormented in his mind and gave him peace and healing. Lord, come to us in our tensions today and make us whole. Jesus came to Lazarus who was dead and brought him from the grave. Come to us in our deadness and bring us to real life now with you, our living Lord. Sovereign Lord, bless us as your church community, united in heart and mind and spirit, though we are meeting in our homes. As we worship you, we pray, Lord, that your presence may be with us. Open our hearts to receive you, to know you, to be our heavenly Father today, and your love guiding us through faith in Jesus. For we pray in his name. Amen. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Good morning and welcome to our worship service again. This is our fifth Sunday since we have been unable to worship um, as a congregation of First and want to welcome everyone and also friends and others um, in our community and outside our community who are, who are joining us. And we pray that the Lord will speak to us all as we've gathered round his word today. I would ask you to keep your Bibles open at Psalm 91 that has been read to us. And uh, in future Sundays, I want to go back to journeying through Matthew's gospel. But I thought now that we have come this side of Easter, and with the virus still very much in, in the heart of all our news and in our lives and in our community, 
I wanted to choose a passage of scripture that might speak to our situation. And so I've chosen Psalm 91 today to be God's word to all our hearts and to speak to us and into our lives. As you read through the Psalms, the two biggest themes of the Psalms are the kingship of the Lord and the Lord as a refuge. And often those two themes are related because if he is the most high God, if he reigns, if he's the king, then he is the person to run to in trouble because there's no one higher than him. There's no one greater than him. And then often in the middle of the Psalms, you'll get a kingship Psalm followed by a refuge Psalm. And that's what's happening here in these Psalms that we are reading. So Psalm 91 is a refuge Psalm and it's surrounded uh, by other kingship Psalms uh, near it. And as I imagine Psalm 91, I'm imagining uh, walking down a street and I'm meeting someone who I say to them, how are you doing? And they are just so distraught and they're troubled and they're anxious. And they said, look, my nerves are shot to pieces. I can't sleep. I'm so anxious. And I'm thinking, what would I say to them? And I think that's what Psalm 91 is about. Um, the first two verses are declaring uh, the faith of the believer. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then they turn to this person who's troubled and who's anxious and they, they're encouraging them then to trust in the Lord and put their hope in him being their refuge. So surely he will save you. And then it goes on to list uh, the, the different ways in which the Lord's refuge and salvation will cover them. And, and so it covers evil people. Verse three, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare, disease from deadly pestilence. Verse five, violence. You'll not fear the terror of the night. Disease or famine. Verse six, the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. He, his refuge will cover you in war. Verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. It will not come near you. His refuge will co co um, cover you and in injustice. Verse 8, you will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. It will protect your body. Verse 12, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. He'll protect you from dangerous animals. Verse 13, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra you will trample the great lion and the serpent. And so it goes through all these range of experiences in human life of the way the Lord is a refuge, will protect them and cover them and look after them. And so after declaring how great the Lord's refuge is in all these situations, I imagine the believer turning to this anxious person again and, and encourage them. It's like a word of challenge, verse nine. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And as the believer has encouraged this anxious person to put their trust in the Lord as, as, their, as their shelter and as their refuge, it's as if the Lord then speaks from heaven and commands the kind of God that he is in verses 14 to 16. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I'll protect him for he acknowledges my name. 
He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So Psalm 91 is a great psalm. But it seems to be saying as you read it at first, if you trust in God, nothing really bad will happen to you. Your life will go smoothly. And if that's what it is teaching, then it also implies the opposite, that if your life is not going smoothly, then you're not trusting God. That if you're in trouble, you're not being faithful to him in some way. Many Christians and Jews believed that that's what the psalm was about and they copied passages of this psalm and wore them in amulets to magically ward off danger. Is that the way that we should read Psalm 91? Is that what it's saying? What about the story of Job? Here's a man who is righteous, who experiences disaster, violence, harm, disease and famine. His friends turn up and they would believe that Psalm 91 it should be read that way. Job Uh, Bad things are happening to you. Therefore, you must not be trusting God somewhere. And they continually to um, question Job about where he might have gone wrong. And then God speaks up at the end and he tells these three friends of Job, you have not spoken the truth about me. In other words, it's not true that bad things are linked to unfaithfulness and blessings are linked to faithfulness. What about Jesus' words in Luke 21? He's talking to his disciples. He says, you'll be be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives and friends, and they will even put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish by standing firm. You will gain life. So all these other scriptures seem to say that blessings are not necessarily related to faithfulness and bad things are not related to being unfaithful. Jesus says to his disciples, expect trouble, expect suffering because of being a follower of me. So does Psalm 91 contradict the rest of scripture? Or maybe we're reading it wrong. If you think that it is saying, as we've read it, that if you trust God, you'll be protected. Nothing really bad will happen to you. Your life will go smoothly. You have misread it. And we need to read it carefully to understand what it's actually saying. There's two things I want to to draw out just to prove that that's not the way to read it. Verse 15, it's about trouble. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. And so the psalmist is already in trouble. The Lord is not preventing him from trouble, but he is protecting him in the trouble that he is going through. This is a psalm written in the midst of troubles. So it cannot be about the Lord preventing you from troubles. And the other key line is in verse 11, to guard you in all your ways. When Jesus is tempted by the devil, as he fasted for 40 days in the wilderness, in Luke 4 and Matthew 4, The devil comes to Jesus and brings him to the high point of the temple and he says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. And then the devil quotes this verse. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Then Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now the interesting thing is, 
the devil misquotes Psalm 91. The devil says to Jesus, he will, it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. But he misses out the key line that, that gives significance and meaning to the rest of the psalm. Because what he missed out was to guard you in all your ways. Psalm 91 says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Why did the devil miss that line out? Here's why. The psalm is not about God's promises to protect you from any trouble. The psalm is about God's ways in your trouble. In all your ways is not referring to whatever path you've chosen to go. It's referring to the person who's following him. It's about a person who dwells in the shadow of the Most High and who rests in the shadow of the, of the Almighty. Who dwells in the shelter of the Most High and who rests in the shadow of the Almighty, verse 1. To dwell in the shelter of the Most High means that you are a person who's trusting the Lord. Resting in the shadow means that you are believing. To say to of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I put my trust, verse 2, means that you are worshipping. And so you are a person whose ways are caught up in the Lord's ways. You have chosen to make his ways your ways. And so when it says he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, your ways are already encircled within the Lord's ways as you follow him and as you worship him. And so here is the key to the psalm. This is about your faithfulness in following the Lord, that you will be protected in times of war, in times of pestilence, in times of disease, in times of injustice, from stepping outside the Lord's ways. He will hold you as you continue to make him your shelter and your refuge. He will help you to keep believing and trusting and following him in those difficult days. That's the key line, and that's why the devil missed it out. Because he wanted Jesus to bypass the Lord's ways and not go via the cross as the path of suffering, but just go straight to Jerusalem and be crowned king. But that was not the Lord's ways for his, for his life. What a wonderful psalm. And I just want us to bring it to a, a close here by sharing how uh, this psalm should live in our hearts today. And think about the Lord's promises in verses 14 to 16. Because he loves me, because this person loves me more than anything else, because he has given me his life and has placed his soul and his innermost uh, heart within my ways, this is what I will do. I will rescue him. I will protect him. I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now we know the end of the story. It's a bit like uh, when you go and see a movie and there's a, a bit at the end that surprises you. You can never watch the movie or read a book the same way because 
suddenly the things that you missed earlier, you can see pointing to the true event that's happening at the end. We know where this psalm is going. This psalm is going to Jesus. And he is the one that is, 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 is going to rescue us from all trouble, who uh, will deliver us and honour us and with long life will satisfy us and show us his salvation. So in the light of Jesus, we are reading this psalm. So let's think about, I will rescue you. And let's go back to Luke 21, when Jesus said, you will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. Seems to be like Jesus contradicting himself. You'll be betrayed. Some of you will be put to death, but not a hair of your head will perish. How can not a hair of your head perish if you're actually, some of you are going to be killed? What's Jesus saying here in these images? And this is what Jesus is saying. If you love anything more than me, that will possess you. It will drive you. And you'll not be able to handle troubles when they come. It's a bit like Jesus to the story of the, the two people who built their house. Um, uh, one built on sand, one built on rock. And that's how you put Jesus and his teaching in your life. If you build your life on his teaching, then you, you'll stand firm in troubles. And, uh, but the person who hasn't built his life and put his, his teachings into practice will be washed away. Well, the house will, will fall down. If you have given your soul to Jesus, your life, if he's your king, your life is enclosed within his ways as saviour and lord and coming king as he leads us into an eternal new creation. And therefore suffering and trouble and anxiety and worries make no eternal difference. The real you, the head of your hair, will last forever. So that's why Jesus says, by standing firm, you will gain life. Stand firm in my ways and you will gain life eternal. The real you will last forever. So when suffering comes, let it drive you to me. Let troubles come, allow me to draw near you. If you've given me your soul, I will give it back to you in eternity. I will rescue you. I will be with you in trouble. And verse 15, I will deliver him and honour him. I remember the story of a courageous Christian uh, in those early times of persecution when the Roman emperors were persecuting the church. And the story is told of the the Christian who the emperor demanded abandon their faith and say that Caesar is Lord and deny that Jesus is Lord. But he refused. And the emperor threatened him and said, you give up Christ or I will banish you. And the Christian says, you cannot banish me from Christ for he has said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. The emperor said, I will confiscate all your property. The believer said, my treasures are laid up in heaven. You can't touch them. The emperor said, I will kill you. The Christian said, I have been dead to the world in Christ for 40 years. My life is hid with Christ in God. You can't touch it. Here is our faith. 
our ways enclosed in God's ways because we're dwelling in the shelter of his salvation and the shadow of his almighty hope in his forgiveness and his life. And because we love him for what he has done by sending Jesus, we know that whatever trouble or hardship comes, with long life he will satisfy our souls. Last Sunday was Resurrection Sunday and it saw more arrests of a certain congregation in China. Their pastor Wang Yi is already in prison serving nine years. In December 2018, he was arrested by Chinese authorities with 100 members of his congregation. And earlier in the year, in April of 2018, a few weeks before Easter, he preached to his congregation with the background of increasing opposition to their Christian freedom. And this is what he said in that sermon, knowing that more trouble was ahead of him. He said, I've been thinking about the Lord Jesus walking the road to Golgotha. There were no flowers or applause, applause along the way. I've said before that I'm also willing to walk the road to Golgotha. I'm willing to suffer for the Lord. All these years, I've always thought I was willing to suffer for the Lord, but I cannot bear a road with no flowers, but only spit. I cannot bear a road with no praise, but only doubts, betrayal and slander. But one day the Lord suddenly said to me, this is the true meaning of Golgotha. What you wanted to walk before was a runway. Golgotha is not about a road. Golgotha is about the spit, the doubts, the betrayals, the injuries and the slander you encounter on that road. This is the road to Golgotha. Do not think of what others think of you. The Lord Jesus, through his death on the cross and resurrection, has given you a commendation that surpasses all judgments of this world. A commendation that is not based on your own opinion. A commendation that is not based on your own works or your own views of yourself. The gospel is that God commends us on the basis of his love and not on our circumstances. When we trust this gospel, we have the courage to confess our sins. When we believe this gospel, we go out and do good works. When we believe this gospel, we are able to hope when the world has no hope. I was moved by that preaching, that testimony, the video I watched him preaching, knowing that he is now in prison. And uh, we've only had one photograph in three years of him. But here is a man who has dwells in the shelter of the Most High and who rests in the shadow of the Almighty, whose ways are in God's ways, through faith in Jesus. Let us pray. Thank you, our Father, for giving us a glorious promise that is so easy for us to misread sometimes because we believe that by trusting you, nothing bad should ever happen to us. We ask that you would help us, Lord, to enter into the peace that passes all understanding of your presence, of your ways in our lives, whatever they may be. Give us the ability, Lord, to sing in the shadow of your wings. Help us to put our hearts at rest in a very uncertain world. Help us not to be anxious or afraid of anything because we trust in you. 
and we know the promises that you have given to us, that you will hear our prayers, that you will be with us in the trouble, that you will deliver us eventually, that you will honour us through our faithfulness. And one day with long life, you will satisfy us and show us your salvation that will last for eternity. With that vision of hope in the future, Lord, help us to stand firm today and to be faithful to, to Jesus, your son, who died for us so that we could have this hope. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.